I was reminded in preparation for the message today of something that a guy named Gary Trailer once said to me. Some of you that have been here a while remember the trailers, Gary and Dixie. And uh, they came one Sunday, started to get involved in the church right away years ago. And about after about a month, Gary came up to me and he's all excited. He says, I finally figured it out. What's different about this church? And he said, you know, what's different about this church? You people like each other. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I, I think there, there was a lot of truth to that. I hope that's still the case. But it's unfortunate, isn't it, that, that in many congregations and in many groups of people, we don't like each other too much sometimes. And, uh, you know, we've never lived in, there's never been a time in history that when there have been so many people in the world but in which, ironically, there's been so much loneliness. How do you take a lonely crowd and transform it into a loving community where people like each other? There's a lot of factors that go into this. And uh, we've been talking about some of them as we've worked through this series together. Uh, how overcoming loneliness in a crowded world. Today, I'd like to talk about servanthood. It's not a new idea. You know, it's not complicated. It's not hard to understand. It's hard to figure out what more could be said about it. But sometimes, you know, we need not so much to be taught as to be reminded so I hope to remind you today, but servanthood is one of the key factors in helping people feel connected. When we approach our relationships, whether it's in the church or in the home or in the workplace, as servants, as we go through the servant entrance into people's hearts, we turn on the like switch. There's a book by that name. I like the title, so I robbed it for my message today. But the like switch is always at the servant's entrance. And uh, I, I always remember the story of uh, Queen Victoria and her long reign. She had many prime ministers, but uh, uh, William Gladstone was one. Uh, Benjamin Disraeli was another. And she remarked on their, her relationship with them. And she said, with Gladstone, and she said, I always felt like I was with one of the most important men in the world. With Disraeli, I felt like I was one of the most important people in the world. And I think the key to being a servant is helping the person that you're with feel like they're the most important person in the room. Angela uh, Mayu once said, I, one thing I've learned is that people will forget what I say, people will forget what I do, but they'll never forget how I made them feel. And so the like switch is by the servant's entrance. We make connections with one another. We develop those relationships, that affinity, that bond with each other when we approach one another in humility with a desire to serve rather than be served. And Jesus would certainly agree. Uh, so here in Mark chapter 10, we, we read the, the well-known 
uh, story of, of Jesus' conversation with James and John and the other disciples in chapter uh, 10, verse 35. He says this, or it says this, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. <laughs> it's pretty easy to be critical of James and John, you know, uh, you know, when we read that, that request. And uh, Jesus had just spilled his guts, you know, to his disciples that, that he was going to, you know, suffer and die. And, uh, and so they're coming up to him with this sort of self-centered uh, request, self-promoting request, and uh, uh, you know it's. Uh, but I, I, I want to step back for a minute and and just say, you know, I, I, I find some good things about their 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 request too. There's some, there's something good about that ambition. They want to make a difference. They want their lives to count. They want to be part, an important part of of the kingdom of God. And uh, which of us would not really want that too? So I find to some extent their, their honesty, proud as it may have been, may have been the motivation, uh, their honesty was, was somewhat refreshing. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I remember back in, in uh, elementary school, gym class, you know, they... They have you pick sides. The gym teachers have you pick sides for dodgeball or kickball or baseball or you know football or basketball. And have you ever endured the humiliation of being the last one picked for a team? I hope they've done away with that protocol in schools, but it is humiliating. Nobody. None of us want to be picked last. And if we're honest about it, we, there's a little kid in all of us that says, pick me first. And that's what James and John, I think, were saying to Jesus. Pick me. I don't want to be left out. So Jesus responds to them here, not with a rebuke, but with another question. So he says this, Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized, but to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. So, in this point in the conversation, Jesus is responding to their question with a question, and what does it mean to drink the cup and be baptized? And Jesus is speaking metaphorically about his own suffering and death. And essentially what he's saying is, look, are you willing to suffer, to bleed, and to die for the world? 
implicit in this question of Jesus is the understanding. Until you have proven that you have the character to serve, you are not qualified to lead. And that is, I think, a statement that needs to be heard around our world today. Until you have proved that you have the character to serve, you will never be qualified to lead, to rule, to be recognized, to play an important role in the life of the kingdom. Only the cross bearers will be the crown wearers. And, and so and Jesus says, you know, you are, you are going to grow into this. You are going to drink the cup. You are going to be baptized with the baptism with which I'm baptized. As far as deciding who's on my right and left, that's not up to me. We're not going to get into that today. <laughs> the whole discussion about the Trinity and Jesus' role as a subordinate while He's on earth. You know, but He's equal to God and all that. But um, yeah, and that's besides the point in the passage. But only the cross bearers will be the crown wearers. Until you, uh, you, you have the character to serve, you are not qualified to lead. And uh, so the rest of the disciples then apparently overheard this conversation or were told about it, and they do not respond well to what they heard. When the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. So, when there is self-promotion, when there's self-centered behavior in any group of people, it's toxic. These guys were a band of brothers up to this point. But when James and John made their pitch, boom! The relationship, the cohesion of the group began to be compromised. And, uh, you know, the... the the health of any community, and specifically the church, rises or falls on whether the, community, the life of the community is characterized by selfish behavior or servant behavior. To the degree that, that, that we're, we're selfish in our expectations and that we're self-promoting, the life of this church will will be unhealthy. We're not going to like each other. But to the degree that we come in through the servant's entrance, 
in our relationships with each other. Not how can I be served, but how can I serve? The community will thrive. And, uh, you know, Jesus uh, contrasts the, the world order with the order that is expected in, 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 among God's people. And in the world, of course, there's a pecking order. There's a hierarchy. It's, not, uh, it's about how many people serve me. And Jesus said, it's not how many people serve me. It's how many people do you serve that is the real criteria of greatness. And, uh, you know, there's an interesting uh, illustration from, which I'm going to skip. So, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, this is a principle that, that plays out not only in the church, but in every relationship. Paul, Paul says to the Philippians who were having conflict, they didn't like each other too much at the time that Paul was writing. And he says, Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that though he was equal with God, did not count that status something to be grasped and held on to, but he emptied himself, coming to earth in the form of a servant. And so... He says to each of them, count one another as more important than yourself. Go through the servant's entrance. This is magic. In a marriage, if you're in a relationship with somebody and it's all about what can I get out of it, you know, there are, it will undoubtedly be uh, a struggle. But if you're in a marriage and you're saying, what can I put into it? If your home is not your castle, but it's your Mount Calvary, it's the place where you lay down your life for the person that you're married to, it'll be heaven on earth. In, in, business, in the business world, it's the same. And, you know, you read different things uh, about businesses and think people are discovering this. I've, I've been reading this book called Innovators by uh, uh, Walter Isaacson about the development of the digital age. And, and so the theme of the book really is how everybody worked as a team. There was no one person that came up with all this. And as these teams worked, it's interesting how... The team began, teams began to disintegrate as soon as someone began to worry about who's going to get the credit. The like switch is always at the servant's entrance. Go through the servant's entrance. Use the servant's entrance. He would be great among you must be the servant of all. He is the first, must be the last. Find ways to serve one another. There's a uh, quiz I would like to give you today. And uh, you can just 
answer the questions silently because there'll be some show-offs here that know the answers and I don't you know but uh, some people that like trivia but okay take this quiz name the five wealthiest people in the world name the last five Heisman Trophy winners name the last five winners of the Miss America contest Name ten people who have won the Nobel or Pulitzer Prize. Name the last half dozen Academy Award winners for Best Actor and Actress. How did you do? I, I, I mean, you know, I wouldn't know any of these. Few of us remember the headlines. Now here's another second part to the quiz. List five teachers who aided you on your journey through school. Name three friends who have helped you through a difficult time. Name five people who have taught you something worthwhile. Think of a few people who have made you feel appreciated and special. People who make a difference in our lives are not the ones who win the prizes, who get the awards, who make the money, who have the positions of power and authority. They're the ones who care. The ones who have become servants to us. And so... If you want to make a difference, if you want to be remembered, if you want a place in the world and in the kingdom where you'll be known and appreciated, then use the servant's entrance. For even the Son of Man came... Not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. How can we do anything less? Until we have the character to serve, we will not be qualified. To lead. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he, he took the bread and after blessing it, He broke it and He said, This bread is My body which is given for you. Take it and eat it in remembrance of Me. In the same manner, Jesus took the cup and after blessing it, He said, This cup is the new covenant in My blood which is shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Take it and drink it, each one of you, in remembrance of me. All are welcome to participate with us as we take communion together. If you are a follower of Jesus, regardless of how imperfectly you may be following Him, uh, this is about grace. It's about love. It's about letting Jesus serve you. And so let's pray together.
Father, we thank You for Your love for us, for the servant's heart of Your Son. And as we partake of the bread and the cup, bless them both and grant to us a measure of, of that uh, desire to serve others in Your name. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.